0: One of the things that really kind of inspires me to keep being myself is like, if I were to see myself as a little girl that's in the hood, right, and raised, would I see myself and be like, I wanna be like her? Like, I see myself represented in her, or am I gonna see, oh, that's another fake. Like, she's going out into this world. She's leaving the hood, right, to be like them. And what does them even look like? That to me is a whole nother thing to unpack. But I was like, I always think of that. I'm like, I think of myself as a little girl, who didn't have any representation to see myself now, like, am I still that same person at the core, you know?
1: That was a clip from today's episode. I really hope you're enjoying it so far. Before we get into the full episode, just want to give a big shout out to you all for listening. Just want to say thank you and welcome to the King Through It As podcast brought to you by Plural. Today, we have a very special guest, Odalis Jasmine, who is a proud Hondureña Catracha from Southeast San Diego. She's passionate about creating spaces for her community and amplifying their stories in the most authentic way possible, which is why she created and now hosts Hela Latina, a podcast for Latinos to tell their first gen immigrant stories and share their unique experiences navigating Latinidad in the United States. Some other cool facts, she's actually a PRSA People to Watch Under 30 award recipient and has led over 50 plus and counting storytelling and personal branding workshops in the Bay Area universities. I'm a huge fan of her podcast. I highly, highly, highly recommend you checking it out. And this is just an overall funny, relatable story. Really hope you enjoy it. Let's get into it. It's so weird because you have a podcast and I listen to it every week, and I feel like I know you already.
0: <laughs> That's how I feel. That's how I feel with you. So there you go.
1: <laughs> is Is it weird being on the other side, like not doing the, the yeah,
0: I hate it. I'm like,' mm. <laughs> I'm like this it just centers on me, I'm like, no. And I, you know what I find myself doing sometimes I've been on a couple other podcasts and I find myself like asking them questions and I'm like, wait, I need to stop doing that. Or maybe it's good. I don't know. I'm oh, just no. like my curiosity peaks and I'm like, Oh, tell me about your experience. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think I did that on your podcast too. You are like, Oh shit. Somebody asked you a question. You uh, did.
0: No. I was like, Oh, <laughs> it's like not prepared for it, but no, it's good.
1: No, no, for sure. Definitely want to keep a conversation. Don't ask me whatever you want. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I typically ask the question to start. Um, you know, when people tell you to be your authentic self, and when you hear um, just that phrase of be your authentic self, what comes to mind for you?
0: Oh, I feel like I have so many like moments where I have like authentic. I don't even know how to describe it. It's like I have these like mental breakdowns about being authentic. I'm like, what does it mean? Um, and when it means to be my authentic self, and it's so funny because I feel like my whole life, I never really knew who my authentic self was in the first place. And I got to a point and I talk about this experience a lot, but I got to a point two years ago, and it was a very pivotal moment in my adult life, but I got to a point where I didn't know who I was without the titles, without the labels, without all of these things placed on me. And I think like my whole life, I went through different situations in in life, in school, in work, in whatever the case was, where I was always trying to blend in. And so I think I did a I did a great job at masking myself with different experiences, with relationships. And I defined myself by these external things that I got to a point two years ago where I was like, if all that's shut off, who am I? I don't know. And so I think like those two years have been like a process for me, like really unlearning a lot of things and diving deep and unlayering and unmasking and getting back to like who I am. And I think when I think about being my authentic self, I think of like peace, like it's so exhausting to be someone else. It's, isn't it? Like, it's just so like, oh, like just thinking about it makes me like, <laughs> exhausted because I would go into these spaces and I would try to be I would fit the vibe right like whoever is um, the successful person in my opinion I would try to like model after them or I would try to act perfect or had like it I had it all together or code switch any of those things right and it would be exhausting at the end of the day I'd be like wow I spent a whole day not being me (laughs) and so when I think of being my authentic self I just mean like peace like whether i'm at the dinner table whether i'm at a bar whether i'm at work like i can be myself and it's like a peaceful type of feeling that That makes sense
1: yeah (laughs) what uh, when did that start though like when did you first realize like oh my god like i'm I'm faking it or like i'm not being myself like i think a lot of it times without us noticing it starts like so early on in our early years like even with family right like when did it start for you
0: Oh, you know, I got to a point where I was just questioning a lot of things because I would act like a certain person at home. My family is very religious, so I would act a certain way around them and like, act like (laughs) una buena señorita. Um, or when I would go out with my friends, you know, I'd act a certain, you know, a different way with them. Um, because it's more, I would say that's more myself, right. When I'm with my friends, cause I'm like, they chose to hang out with me. Um, and then at work, it would be like, I was trying to be, you know, like hiding these different parts of myself. I think again, it's going back to those two years ago. So two years ago, I was in a job that I didn't like necessarily, um, not only because of the work I was doing, but because I didn't really see anyone I wanted to be like, and I don't know how, you know, like, do you know what that feels like to go into a space where you're like, I don't really want to be like any, like, I don't aspire to be like anyone above me, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, which is yeah, a weird sure.
0: th- feeling. Cause you're like, Oh, like, you know, you just don't see yourself in any of those spaces, titles, labels, whatever it is. Um, And so, yeah, two years ago I was lost. I was like, oh my God, I don't, I don't like this job. I like thought I had it all figured out because I was always the girl with a plan. And like, I had my whole life plans and like, it's not working out. Um, my relationship, you know, had ended. And so like all of these things were like shifting in my life. And I was like, this is so different, (laughs) you know, like I didn't plan for this or I don't know how to like navigate this. And I remember going to, um. I went to a networking event and I ran into my now boss and she was like, so how do you like your new role? And I was like, oh, it's great. And, (laughs) you know, I'm trying to put on like a good face and she like saw right through it. She's like, oh, you don't like it? And I was like, how did you know? And I like opened up (laughs) to her about it. I was like, no, I'm not like into it. I want to do X, Y, Z. And she's like, well, I'm interviewing, like, if you were interested, let me know and I can connect you to the right people. And I was like down, you know? And I actually interviewed with her at one point and she was the first one who asked me, so tell me about yourself. And I was like, well, I was, you know, homecoming princess. I was here president. I'm like hella like involved. And like, I'm like part of all these organizations. And again, I was going with all the labels, all the titles. And she was like, yeah, I know all that. Like, it's amazing. But like, who are you? Like, what are you passionate about? And I was like, Oh um <laughs> and it like took me a second and i was like it was the first time someone in a professional world a ceo was asking me about myself and i was like um and it and it stumbled me like i was like i don't know how to answer this question and then like one memory came to my mind and it was about my dad i was like well all i know is that i like storytelling and i like talking to people and I want to be like my dad essentially and I told the story about like my dad growing up with him and we used to do road trips all the time as like there's seven of us so we couldn't afford plane rides so we would take road trips to like Arkansas to Texas to like all these random places but um, essentially my dad he had friends like at every gas station and they remembered him like every year it'd be like oh we're gonna see Tony at this like gas station I'm like how do you remember them, what? And like, they would be there and be like, "What's up, Danny? Like, how's it going?" Like, my dad knew everyone, <laughs> even if he didn't know them, know them. Like, he would get to know them, and he would have an at a gas station. And I remember back in the day, like we used to get maps, we used to get lost all the time. So you know, like we would read the maps and like outline. Oh, this is where we're going to so, like get the route. So like the gas station oh people God. would help us like find our way. And then there was before MapQuest. Google and was,
1: Maps like, and MapQuest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> before, before all that. Um, but then we got MapQuest and we thought we were cool. Then Yahoo Maps and then now we got phones. But or I remember the first time we got GPS, actually. It was like, we cool. <laughs> like, we got a GPS system in here.
1: <laughs> Fancy, um, yeah. But no,
0: I, I told this story, right? And she was like fascinated by it. And then she told me her story. And then we kind of just got into this back and forth. So it was just, again, it was the first time where I'm like, wow, I'm like talking about something that's not work-related. I'm talking about my life and she is wanting to hire me based off of it. And so we developed a friendship and like mentorship manager, you know, employee relationship over the last two years. And she's really the one that's been the most pivotal person in that respect. Like people want to hear your story so much that I would spend, this whole these last two years um working with her going to universities and helping them tell their story and their personal brand and amplifying you know who they are authentically and those those sessions each one of them has inspired me to like keep being my authentic self keep representing who i am where i come from my people like showing up as myself so i guess yeah those two years ago when when the first interview i had with her i think that's been the game changer
1: Wow. Shout out to whoever she is. That's so dope. Renee um,
0: Siegel. My Renee. Siegel.
1: Shout out to Renee. Renee. It's so, A badass it's
0: so, Japanese woman.
1: <laughs> hey. Um, it's so crazy because when you were telling the story about, um, on the podcast, you were telling the story of like you were in college and you had all these titles, you know what I mean? And so often people yeah. ask us, I don't know if this is in California, if this is a thing too, so but in New York, it's like not even where you're from, it's like, what do you do? for for like a mm. living um and it's a, it's such a yeah. big part of our personality but so is like all of our accomplishments right um and yeah. it's funny like when you said like you were in college and like your personality was not personality but essentially like a big part of your identity was all these accomplishments that you had right like the homecoming yeah. and all these things and then when you leave college it's like oh shit i gotta start the labels over fall
0: off yeah yeah
1: the labels fall off and, and, and then you like, really have what to do like I
0: do? what am
1: yeah. i and all these things yeah did you go through that experience yeah. too? Then like when you started work, like all of that Oh again? man,
0: I had like a whole like post grad depression stage, which I'm like, really? don't talk about that. I need to help like a lot of college students go through that hump. But I did. Um yeah, it was rough. It was a rough summer after I graduated. And I think it really sparked a lot of things though that I do now because it gave me a chance to kind of like find who I was. Right. Um, and what that means is like I had a life coach who helped me a ton. You know, like I did therapy in college, but I was like, I wanna like life coach because I am stuck. I need to move forward. Um, and so I had a life coach who was like another pivotal person in my life who really like helped me understand what I was going through because I was like, This isn't something my family prepared me for, college prepared me for. Like, I don't know how to like go through these motions of feeling like, like failure, honestly, like I graduated, I didn't have like a job that I loved and I was like feeling, there's this like first gen pressure, right. Of like, I need to be successful. This is what my family came here for. This is what they sacrificed for. And so I was feeling like I was failing them and, you know, like yeah, it was hard. I had to really figure out without all of these things that I thought defined me and defined success, who am I to my core? What keeps me going? What is my ambition? And what do I want to, what do I want to do? Like, (laughs) where is my place in the world? And throughout those couple months of summer post-college, my life coach really helped me like define and put into, like, words what it is that I was passionate about. And at the end of the day, it was storytelling. And I was like, that's such a big term. Like, how do I, like, make that into something that I'm passionate about? And so I realized I'm passionate about telling stories that aren't usually told. Like, especially when it comes to Latinidad and, like, our stories. I certainly don't really see a lot of Honduran people out there telling their stories. And so I wanted to create that space, and I didn't know how to until six months ago or a couple months ago when I launched this podcast. I was like, oh, this is perfect. (laughs) But before I was like, how do I do it? How do I do it? Like, I don't know. And it would be like this question that would loom over me every single day until quarantine happened. I listened to a bunch of podcasts and I'm like, oh, I want to listen to a Latino one. And it wasn't out there. So I was like, I'm going to (laughs) create (laughs) it.
1: I'm so glad you did. It's crazy because we all do have stories and it's funny like going into like on your podcast i was like what the hell am i gonna talk about like i don't have a story but it's crazy like we really? literally all have stories yeah i was so nervous going into it
0: i've heard that before someone told me they're like oh my god i didn't it was one of my friends actually it's the episode that came out with she's talking about how she didn't feel latina enough your and roommate, right? old roommate my old college roommate yeah I like told her, I'm like, oh my God, you should be on the episode. Rep your countries, you know, Central America. And she's like, I don't really have a story though. And I was like, girl, I'm sure you do. Like, I'm so sure. And she's like, I just know that I'm not, I don't feel Latina enough. And I don't know if I should be on your show. That's all about hella Latina. I was like, no, that's perfect. That is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about that. Um, but yeah, everyone does have a story to be told. And I think that's the problem is that a lot of us feel like we don't. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but I really, I always grew up kind of like feeling like I didn't deserve to have an opinion. I don't know if it was because I was the youngest, but like my sisters were always like hella opinionated. Like, you know, we didn't really have machismo culture in our family dynamic because my, the women in my family were very loud and obnoxious, <laughs> but I was super quiet because I was the youngest and I was like, oh, I like can't have an opinion because so la, ni- so la niña de la casa, you know, like... I have a perfect life, you know, whatever. I'm like at peace. But inside I was like, I want to talk. I want to say something. I want to, you know, I want to be a part of the conversation, <laughs> but everyone does have a story to be told. It's just a matter of providing the space for it. I think.
1: Yeah. Well, I, it's, it's funny too. because um, well, not funny, but it's so interesting that like you found a, a like a, a life coach or a career coach, what it, what it was. Um, Cause like the first, I think the first step of like being your authentic self is like realizing that you're not being yourself. Right. But then you kind of need to go through this like self journey, and ultimately sometimes like seek help, right? Like I go to therapy every week. Um, so it's so yeah, dope that you, that you went to about therapy. You. I, yeah. It's so dope that you went to therapy like in college. I wish I started in college. Like,
0: well, it was, was free. It was free. Oh. That's why I went. So like post college, I was like, oh, therapy's so expensive, and you know, I didn't have like a job, job. So I was like, oh, I can't pay for therapy. <laughs> Broke college student feels, but. You know, I think it's really amazing that you are open about going to therapy. Normalizing it is such a powerful thing, especially in our community. In my opinion. oh, for
1: sure. I was I was about to ask you. Like, I remember when I told my mom I was going to therapy, she gave me this look. Like, are you are you okay? Like, should I be should I be worried? Yeah, um, yeah. What, what did you get? Like a similar response?
0: Oh my God, they like still. They kind of just judge me a little bit. They're like, why are you going to therapy? Um, I didn't like, actually tell them God. in college, though. Oh, my God. Habla con Dios, <laughs> mija. Like, I que And, you know, and I do. I do pray still. But I'm like, but sometimes I need a person. Um. Oh, seriously, yeah, that's I like a thing. Yeah. I'm like, I can do both. Um, but. <laughs> no, but in college, I didn't tell them I went to therapy because I had a shame about it. Like, I was super. I don't know. I think I felt like just shame. Like I didn't want to, I didn't want them to know I was struggling. Um, or that I was going to therapy. Not that I was like, you have to struggle to go to therapy, but I personally was struggling, but I was like, I don't want them to know anything. Um, and then even when I got my life coach explaining to them what a life coach was, was the most difficult thing. They were like, why do you need one? Like, you know, like, I don't understand. And they were just so like, it didn't make sense to them. Which again, I'm like, it's one of those things where I'm like, yes, I mean, they're not going to understand and That's okay. And like, it was just that, like, just let it be. I'm okay. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Like, I'm fine. But well, yeah, it is. Their first response is, Habla con Dios. Hay <laughs> 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 que orar. Vaya la iglesia. You know? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it's um one thing, one part of your authenticity that, I mean, this is just me looking from like an outside perspective is that you're so vulnerable yeah. these days. But I'm sure like, you know, going through that journey, talking with a life coach, talking to the therapist, sort of like helped you. But um, like this yeah. phrase that you said that your parents always said growing up always stuck with me. It's like, what is it? No, no, lavé la ropa sucia en la, en, en la calle, something like that. Ah, uh,
0: ah, uh, la ropa sucia se lava en casa.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, what uh, is that like? Being so vulnerable these days, and um, sort of like the impact on you there.
0: Oh, it's still, it's still a struggle. I'm not going to lie. It's um, my friend. You know, I asked my friend the other day because I was curious. I was like, do I come off overly vulnerable? <laughs> I don't know why it was a question. I was like, I just want to know how I come off. And she was like, I think you're intentionally vulnerable. And that's me thinking and reflecting. And I was like, ooh, intentionally vulnerable. And it's a struggle for me still. And maybe that's why she used the word intentional. Um, there's certain things, I don't know if this is my Scorpio moon. I don't know if you're a believer in astrology, but (laughs) (laughs) sometimes I blame my like sign, but I was like, there are certain things I just can't talk about. Like in with people, even my friends, like there's certain things where they don't know a lot of other situations that I've been through or situations that I still go through. um, Because I still struggle with that saying that I grew up with. I'm like, am I being too much if I like talk about this? And then I like, I talk myself out of it. I'm so, let me just say, I'm so good at talking myself out of things. Like if I think something's a good idea, I'm like, maybe not. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like in this constant battle with myself, but I think I try to be as vulnerable as I can because there's power in it. And I didn't realize the power in it until later in, in life. And I'm like, if I can like, you know, keep practicing it, I'm gonna over time perfect it and hopefully have my family, the nephews and nieces in my family, you know, people who are watching me, they can feel comfortable with that vulnerability. And it's not even to air my dirty laundry either, because I hope I don't come off that way, but it's also being vulnerable where you're you're open. Like vulnerability and authenticity to me are like hand in hand. And I, you know it helps in every facet of your life it helps in like your career it helps in relationships it helps in like friendships it helps in all these different assets of your life that i feel like are important to support and skill to have
1: and oh so for sure i'm still
0: i'm still unpacking what intentionally vulnerable means
1: <laughs> i like that i like that definition right i to, was
0: like i'm
1: <laughs> yeah i don't know i don't know what the other one what would the opposite be like whiny vulnerable like <laughs>
0: maybe I don't know I was just like I like that
1: (laughs) it sounds good no I mean well it's it's like I don't know if it was if it was like this for you but maybe it's just like a guy thing but like guys typically aren't vulnerable and they don't typically like feel their feels and like express their feelings I mean to your Mm -hmm. point like yeah it can help in every single situation I mean even at work like like, I always had the mindset, like, oh, just work through it, work through it, um, and then when mm-hmm. COVID hit, and I, and my manager was asking me how I was doing, and I was like, oh, I'm good, I'm good, don't worry about it, just working through it, um, mm. where, like, she could tell, like, I wasn't having a good time, no one was having a good time, you know what I mean, like, everyone is, like, yeah. struggling through things, but, like, being open about that, like, helps everybody, so then she can help me be my better self, so, yeah, yeah. I totally agree, and plus, it encourages other people yeah. to, to be, um, to share their emotions, and know that, like, it's okay to, like, And it's okay to share that and not seem weak necessarily.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's, yeah, I was not vulnerable before. And it's funny that you mentioned it's a guy thing, right? You're not like usually vulnerable. I remember dating someone who was super vulnerable and like, he would be like, why aren't you like talking to me about these things? And I'm like, I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) Yeah. It was way before I even like got to like this right now, but I was so opposite I was like oh my god this dude's so vulnerable and I'm just not there and I like can't share these things, and I feel bad and like I mean even a part of me like credits him like you kind of helped me like you dabble into the vulnerability at, at that time in my life I was not like no I was not vulnerable at all it's really interesting
1: that is really interesting it's something it's, it's funny like relationships is something like to be don't even talk about but um I feel like a lot of people fake it in relationships that too. Not that way, but I mean more so yeah. in um like you you see like people like take on the personality of the other person in a way almost.
0: Yes. No one talks about that enough.
1: So often. Have you done it's, that?
0: It happens it happens a lot. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've that's why, you know, I've been really enjoying my single life. Cause I'm like, ugh, I just, relationships are hard. And sometimes they scare me a little bit. Cause I'm like, you do kind of become like the other person and like, and not yeah. like in a, I think it's just, it's what, it's what happens. Like when you hang out with someone a lot, you just naturally pick up on some of their tendencies or, you know, I, sometimes that happens with friends. That's why my parents would always say, I don't know if your parents said this to you, but they'd be like. Who you hang out with is who you are essentially yeah yeah. yeah. yeah they would say that to me all the time because when they didn't like a friend of mine <laughs> they'd be like you're gonna turn into that person my, um, my ex
1: my ex told me that too she because all my friends were thoughts and uh she was like you're gonna <laughs> cheat on me i'm like no i'm not them <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah i mean it happens right? we have these like con- you know and it's in a way a little true like you do kind of become the people you hang out with but i don't think I think you can choose like you have a choice in whether you want to follow that footstep or not. Right. I think in everything, not even just relationships work too. Yeah, yeah. About authenticity at work.
1: <laughs> speaking, speaking of work, I think you've picked up some tendencies from work as well. Like these days you're, you're saying things like awesome and rad. <laughs> I,
0: <know. laughs> I am, I am. I was like, why am I saying this? <laughs> talk it's to, talk it's to weird. Me. Yeah. It's weird to not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> talk to me. Talk to me. Like, how? Like, do you think? Do you think bringing your authentic self to work has changed? in, like, your first job compared to like where you are now? It seems like you're really comfortable now, especially like with CEO mm-hmm. and like you said, it's predominantly women where you work as well, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was
1: What was that first experience like? Before we get into like right now.
0: Oh, that first experience is so different. Um, that first experience, I. Even like, I don't even know, thinking about every job I had prior to the job I have now, it's it was the same. Like whether I was working at a big corporation or a startup or whatever it was, I never felt like I was a part of it. Like, I don't know how to explain it. I felt like I was just trying to be like them because I thought that's what success looked like because I didn't see other Latinos around me. And so when I think of that job prior to my current one, um, it was a lot of me hiding. It was a lot of me hiding either physical, like we talked about this, like physically I was hiding my body, my curvy body, because I was like, I don't want to be seen, you know, like I don't want to be sexualized in any type of way. Um, I don't want to distract from my intelligence. I don't want anything to be distracting. Like that was really um, what I was trying to do. It was like, someone said it to me the other day. They were like themselves. I was like, yes, that's what I was doing. Like I was editing parts of me so that people, again, weren't distracted by my differences, by my uniqueness. Um, So I was trying to blend in and whether it was physical or whether it was the code switching like not saying awesome and saying that's so great or you know using random sayings that they would say that I didn't even I probably said it wrong but like <laughs> um but I was trying my best to be just like everyone at the table and you know I still catch myself doing that I still catch myself slipping every now and then I'm like why am I doing that like why am I changing the tone of my voice or why am I, you know, like saying these different words? Like, why am I trying to speak differently? I still call myself out. And it's been a lot of that. Like, it's been a lot of calling myself out on my own, um, my own editing, I guess you can say like my own things that I'm not being authentic to. And one of the things that really kind of inspires me to keep being myself is like, if I were to see myself as a little girl that's in the hood, right, and raised, would I see myself and be like, I want to be like her? Like, I see myself represented in her? Or am I going to see, oh, that's another fake. Like, she's going out into this world. She's leaving the hood, right, to be like them. And what does them even look like? That's, I mean, This is a whole other thing to unpack. But I was like, I always think of that. I'm like, I think of myself as a little girl who didn't have any representation to see myself now, like, Am I still that same person at the core, you know? And what about my nieces and nephews who are still growing up in these spaces that are low income, that don't have a lot of resources? Can they see my, can they see themselves in me? And if I'm going into these spaces and I'm trying to change myself, like, what is that? What message is that sending to people who are, you know, like my nieces and nephews who are me in the past? Like, it's sending a message that to be successful, you have to change yourself. And so- can talk about this all day <laughs> no 100 percent. but that's that's what i think about and i'm like okay i gotta be myself so lately i've been like well not lately but like these past couple months i have been trying to be my, more myself at work and it, it for some reason it helps being home like because i'm like so i'm so like taken back like i'm like brought back to my roots whenever i'm in san diego because i'm around my family i'm around old friends and so I like, you know, I, I pick up on a lot of things when I'm back home where I'm like, oh, it feels like me, you know, it feels like these parts of me that I kind of like lost over time being in in the Bay or being away, you know? And so when I'm at work in these meetings, I like drop some stuff, like even some Spanglish and they're like, they don't know what I'm saying, but they're like laughing and I'm like, cool. It's great. <laughs> like I can say that. <laughs> um, but anyways, it's, that's what motivates me is thinking about my community, thinking about me and think about my community.
1: Wow, no, I mean, that resonates with me so much. Talk to me a little bit about that experience where, I don't know, you potentially like put on an outfit, you were getting ready for work, you looked yourself in the mirror, you were like, this is not appropriate. You know what I mean? Like what were some of those things where you were like, this is not appropriate and how do I make it appropriate?
0: Man, so many things. Because this is a struggle. Okay. Like when you have a curvy body, when you're tall as hell, like you call attention to yourself because you freaking stand out, you know, it's like, sup I'm five nine and I'm hella curvy um and like people just notice you plus like probably the I was probably the only Latina in that space there was one other Latina but I didn't know she was Latina because she's like blonde and blue eyes so I was like oh Ooh. hello <laughs> and like again like she never came out of her way to say like what's up I'm from like this place like where are you from? like we never had that interaction so it wasn't until like three months in where I found out she was actually Latina Anyways, beside the point. But um I remember my first day actually. Um I was like, Oh my gosh, so it's in San Francisco, it's in the city. I'm like, you know, working that city job. And I like go to dress up. And this is I think I mean, I don't know if you feel this way, but I'm like just dressing up in the morning is already a long process, (laughs) especially for women. For me, I don't know. But it's a long process for me. And, um, I remember going through all these outfits and I hate blazers, like blazers are not my thing, but like every, when I went into the office, everyone had blazers and I was like, maybe I should like buy a blazer. And so I put this blazer on. I was like, I feel so weird. Like, this is not my style. Like, like, this is totally not me. And I remember my roommate being like, yeah, you look, it doesn't look like you like, you know? And I was like, but everyone's wearing it. So I want to wear it. And so I put on this blazer, but I bought one. I kid you not, Pavel. I bought one that was long so it can cover my backside. So it was like to my thigh, or I guess like, you know, the backside of my thigh, but is that your thigh? What is that called? (laughs) Uh, The hamstring, hamstring. hamstring. Okay. Um, But it like covered, (laughs) fitness, but it covered like literally my entire backside because I'm like, I don't want to show my hips. I don't want to show, like, we say bututen in Honduras, but it's, like, Mm -hmm. your your ass. I didn't want to show anything. Like, I didn't want to show my curves, and so I bought this long blazer, and it, like, yeah, and I had this, like, shirt underneath. I had, like, my jeans on, um, some black jeans, of course, because fancy, and then I had, like, my boots, and so it was, like, underneath the blazer, it was, like, what I would wear on a regular day, but, like, with the blazer on, I felt like, Oh, this is professional. Cause I'm covering up, you know, even though it was totally not my style, this is not what I would typically wear in any space. And like, it wasn't like I would, it's not me. Like if I were to go out with a friend, like I'd wear probably the same thing without the blazer. So anyways, I bought this long blazer to cover my, my backside. And I remember it got hella hot in the office once and I like took off the blazer and I forgot I had taken it off. And this was the first day, by the way, this all happened the first day. And then I walked into the kitchen because they were showing me around and whatnot. And I got this look from a girl. (laughs) She walked by me and she literally did like, you know, body scan, you know what that looks like a body scan. And I was like, um, and I looked at myself and I was like, oh shit. Like I forgot the blazer. And I just kind of felt super uncomfortable. And that's when I started kind of feeling like weird like I don't know if she intentionally meant that I don't know if she was judging me I don't really know what happened there but I just felt uncomfortable just from her look and then like I don't know and and I think I just started seeing this weird like interaction with people were like I don't know I just felt uncomfortable and it started with that look and it started with people um I don't know just looking at me differently i i just felt different i felt like i stuck out like a sore thumb and i like tried to hide even more and that was the instance where i felt like wow this is different and even thinking back to one experience in college i would be myself like i would wear like whatever i wore and i'm a big fan of the high waisted jeans and like a bodysuit or a crop top or whatever it is that makes me feel like me that day and you know, so it does show the curves or accentuate the curves. And I remember my boss saying once, she didn't mean this, (laughs) but she was like, girl, cover up. And I was like, I'm covered up. I'm not showing anything, you know? And she was like, cover up. Like I can see all your curves. And I'm like, it's what I was born with. What do you want me to do? (laughs) But she didn't mean it in a way that was going to scar me for the rest of my life. But she meant it just like, This isn't professional because she also went through that experience. And so it becomes a cycle, right? Where like, even though she was a person of color telling me this, this happens a lot like in professionalism. And this is why I have a problem with that term because it's a cycle that keeps continuing when it wasn't created for us in the first place. And so I'm like, why do we stick to these professionalism ideals? It just affects more of our community. Because we go in and we try to change, and it goes back to how, what I was saying. Like, what message are we sending to our community that are trying to see themselves in these spaces?
1: Hundred percent agree. Yeah, professionalism. Yeah. I think another word that's thrown out there is executive presence. No idea what that means, but
0: I don't know what that means. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I do. I do agree that it, it is a term that isn't necessarily that wasn't necessarily built for us. I mean, when I think of. Yeah like the most professional image that I can. I just think of like an old white guy, to be honest. Um, yeah. But we, it's interesting what you said, like it wasn't made for us. Like what comes up for you that doesn't necessarily align with like who you are or like who you see in your community? Are there other things besides, besides looks?
0: I think it wasn't created for. <sighs> so when I think of my community, I think of low income, you know, immigrant families, first-generation families, and I think, you know, talking about all the injustice that happens with our communities, with Black and brown communities, I think, like, in a way, the system is meant for us to either stay in the same cycle or for us to fail, um, and that's a very, I know, very pessimistic way to view things, and I try not to ever view it that way because I know there's a lot of good, but if you think about the system as a whole, like, we are kind of stuck in these um, cycles, and when I think of the term professionalism, I think what comes up for me is it wasn't created for those those people from the hood, those low income you know kids, those immigrant kids, those undocumented kids, those first gen kids to make it there because they were never seen in those spaces. Before. And so I think now that we're entering into these spaces, it's an opportunity for us to redefine what professionalism means so that we can be inclusive to our experience, to who we are. Like, man, if I can, like, have a company where, like, there is no code switching, there is no, like... You know, like wear blazer. Like there is none of those rules on what it means to be professional. I think it would be like the most dope, like space. Like don't you think? Like that would be hella cool. Where it's like all people of color. Where it's like, you know, all minorities or people who come from the same area or you know have these same lived experiences, but still have different perspectives. Like that's of course important too. But you know, it's a space where we don't have to really change who we are. So. I don't know. I think that comes up for me. It wasn't created for, for low income. It wasn't created for like, you know, these people who aren't always represented.
1: Yeah, no, I get it. I mean, even, even like the simple sense of like buying a blazer when you're first starting, yo blazers are expensive. And it's not like you are just buying one, like you gotta buy so a couple
0: expensive. to
1: like, you gotta buy a couple to keep up and like look fly and all this stuff. Is, yeah. It's a ton. Um,
0: yeah. I still have not found a blazer that I love. I've bought a couple over the years and I'm like, why am I buying? I don't like blazers. <laughs> I'm like, why do I keep trying? This is not my thing. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, well, I think that's what's so dope about the platform that you have with your podcast is um, like, yes, you're telling, you're telling people's stories within our community, but you're also building yeah. the representation that a lot of times is missing where, wherever we work. Um,
0: right.
1: Yeah. Um Wow. Wait, something else I was going to ask you. Oh, as far as, as far as code switching, it's so funny. Um, give me an example of like when you would do that. <laughs> I'm thinking one is probably like your birthday. Like what would happen? Like you walk in Monday morning, someone asks you like, Oh my God, how's your birthday?
0: <laughs> that you literally say? happened in <laughs> August. <laughs> oh my God. So my birthday, let me just tell you, it was hilarious. I I I had this, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna just spill all the free Okay. I'm just gonna be real, frijoles. be authentic, put it on put it all on the table, okay? <laughs> but my birthday, I literally my girl like a hell of a planner. She like loves planning these things. I'm more of the free spirit side. Like I kind of got to the point where I'm like, I don't wanna plan anything because I planner work. So like Life is just like, go with the flow. But she planned the whole weekend because I was like, I want it to be like hella relaxing because it's COVID, you know, we're going through a lot. So I want like my, my close homies, like my girls. And I just wanted to be like a weekend where we can manifest and like chill and like do yoga or something. And I swear to you, Pavel, like these girls are so lit, man. We like, we had a whole weekend and I swear to you, we like, I felt like we twerked and danced the entire weekend. I was like, we did no manifesting (laughs) y'all. I was like, but the fact that my girls and I can have fun, like without going anywhere and just like have the whole house as like a little dance, like for like, that's, I love them. (laughs) Shout out to them. But going back to work so it's funny because my one of my coworkers actually went so her and oh, I oh okay yes so that was awkward in its own because she was like not telling people that she went she was like oh i'm going to san diego and everyone knew why we, everyone knows we're close so i'm like you could have just told them <laughs> but we went and we had like just like the best time and then going to work I had told them that was the weekend, like, oh, manifesting yoga, all these things. And so they were like, oh, so how was your wellness weekend? And I was like, there was a lot of wellness happening, like (laughs) a lot of wellness that we were drinking, a lot of wellness that we were doing other things with. But, you know, like there was a lot going on. So I was like, oh, it was great. You know, we did yoga. We did do yoga Saturday morning, even though they were like hungover. But um, I like only said the parts that I thought were acceptable. I'm like, yeah, we like, you know, we did yoga. Um, We didn't do the manifesting part. We had a couple drinks. We had like a charcuterie board. We had, you know, I only said the (laughs) things where I'm like the very high level stuff. I did not say there was like, you know, twerking happening, like upside down on the, you know, (laughs) on the wall. Like I didn't explain any of those things. Um, And it was, it's just weird. Like I can tell you another story that's actually really funny, but we went to New York um, you know, my girls you
1: know and I. You know it's funny that that reminds me of. um, It's funny like whenever like when people used to ask me like pre-COVID, I would I would say I used to say like, yeah, I had brunch, charcuterie board, whatever, blah blah, <laughs> I, and then I evolved it to like, oh, I went out dancing, and for me that like, what the hell is dancing? You know what I mean? But like that's really what I yeah. did. Like I went out dancing salsa bachata, right? So I said dancing. Then I yeah. evolved to like salsa bachata. Then what I want to get to, which I think I'll, I'll never get to, is like, yo, the salsa band didn't even come. It was straight DJ. It was all Bad Bunny. And like, I was consensually like dry humping a bunch <laughs> of strangers. That's what I want to tell them because that's what really happens. Sometimes no, the salsa it's band,
0: like, it, yeah, show up it can't happen.
1: <laughs> and the Bad Bunny drops and people just twerking on you. That's what happens.
0: Mami que tu quieres. Wait, <laughs> he still hasn't played in the club though. That song. Oh, there's so, so many
1: tracks, so many tracks we're missing out on.
0: So many tracks. But no, I'm thinking about another story which is really funny. So my boss, this is a long complicated story. I won't I won't go into it. But my boss follows some of my best friends on Instagram. <laughs> I'm not going to go into that story. But she like follows us on social media and I have other coworkers who follow me. And I was very so my new york girls my girls you can obviously tell they're already like really they're lit but i was like okay girls like don't post anything on ig where my boss can see it not that my boss would probably care but it's i care like it's me like i'm i'm the problem but (laughs) we went to new york and we were at a club and oh my god i don't know why i'm telling you this story i'm like backtracking now i'm like i don't know if i want to tell it but I'm gonna tell you. So there was like I don't know what club we were at. We were somewhere in New York. Um, but we saw. Oh my God, I'm so bad. What's that tower called in New York that's really famous? Empire State. Empire State Building. Yeah. So there was the club that like there was a window that looked out to it, and I was like, Oh my God, it'd be so cool to twerk on this window in front of you know this like Empire State Building. Like how funny is that? So my friends and I did it. And my one of my girlfriends posted. Like she doesn't remember because she's like faded. So she posed the video. And then the next day she was like, Jasmine, I was like, What? What did you do? She was like, I posted it. I don't remember posting it. And like my boss saw it and I was like, No, what did you do? <laughs> so I was so like, Oh my God, like my chest was like heavy. I was like, Oh my god, oh my god, I'm gonna get fired. Like, I'm gonna get fired. And I went into work and she didn't even mention it. And I was like, Okay like maybe she doesn't care, (laughs) but I remember feeling like it was me. Like I was the one that was so like, I don't know, scared or like felt like my, my like intelligence at work was going to be downgraded by what I was doing on the weekend. Or like it was, it was a mix of a lot of things where I'm like, I don't want them to view me differently because I have fun on the weekends, you know? And so it was a mix of that, but my boss didn't even ever address it.
1: Yo, a hundred percent. It's crazy. Cause I have, so like, because I work for Facebook, everyone follows each other on, on like Instagram, <laughs> Facebook, all those things. So um, what some of my coworkers do is they create like a, a close friends group on Instagram and they'll include <laughs> everybody besides their coworkers. Right. Or like, except mm. for their boss. Um, yeah. I don't do that, but it's so interesting. Like what people deem or what they think is unprofessional and like, I wonder what, I, I wonder what some of those things are where like people would like actually consider it unprofessional. It's funny because I have, since I'm in a sales role externally facing, like I also have clients that follow me. So sometimes I mm. think about like, yo, not only is my manager going to see it, my coworkers, but also my clients are going to see it. Like, are, If I walk yeah. into a meeting mm. next Monday and I'm starting to present, they're going to not respect me because mm. I'm smoking hookah or like dry humping somebody consensually. <laughs> you
0: know what consensually. What I mean? <laughs> You're like, yo, let me like yo, yeah. like preface <laughs> 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 like let me preface it no but you know it's funny even like I was thinking about this the other day I was journaling about it actually I was like even posting selfies on my own Instagram makes me feel uncomfortable
1: Why? like it really because
0: I'm like what if my coworkers see this and they're like oh my god she's like I don't know it's like I always think of like all these narratives in my head it's a story we tell ourselves right like I don't know. I don't know why. And like, I was journaling about it because I was trying to figure out and unpack with myself, like, what makes you so uncomfortable? And I feel like I do it so often so that I can get comfortable with it. I'm like, I shouldn't be ashamed of showing like my own. It's me. It's my Instagram, you know, like, this is me. Like I'm acting like myself or I'm like, am I like being too like, you know, like, I don't know, trying to be all sexy or am I trying too hard or like, are they going to think something of me or am I going to like, it's like all these questions, and I am the master overthinker. And I'm like, I just don't want. Again, it's all about like I don't want them to form an opinion of me and like downplay my intelligence, my hardworking skills, my work ethic because of what I do on my personal side. It's weird. Yeah.
1: Do you, Do you think a part of it is has to do with being a Latina as well? I mean, there's such a there's always a narrative like, you know the public, like, over-sexualizing Latinas and, like, yeah. seeing them yeah. in a certain light and then, you know, not seeing your, not seeing, like, your your, your intelligence. you think it has to play into oh, it's, it?
0: It's so much of that. It's so much. And, man, you know, like, I don't know if this happened in your family or if this is just, you know, Latinos that I know have gone through this, but it's like, y el novio, like... Oh, y you know, te vas yeah. a casar ya, ya va a tener hijos, like ya, and I'm like, bro, chill. I'm like <laughs> still hella young. Um, but you know, like growing up I didn't have women in my family who I essentially wanted to be like. Like my the women in my family were they casadas, you know, they were married and they hijos and they were young moms, they were, you know, like wives or, you know, they had husbands, boyfriends, whatever it was. And they were just like housewives. And I was like, I don't see myself like, like eventually maybe, but like not working at all. Like, you know, not going after any of your dreams, like girlfriend, like I have, I have too many. I need to go after at least one. And so, um, I think it was that right. Like for me growing up, I felt like my reality was going to be well, I have to court a man, you know, like that's my purpose. Um, until I got to a point where I'm like seeing the potential and what I can do, you know, going to college was my first real, like, I can do that. Like I can go to college. And I like went and I saw, met these people, professionals who were women. And I was like, wow, like I can do that. But I didn't, I still didn't really see Latina women there. You know, I didn't see a lot of <laughs> representation. and you know, again, like Latinas for me growing up, when I think about the narratives that are out there for Latinas, it's overly sexualized. It's either that or it's a housewife or it's a cleaner or it's a maid. And these storylines are so like in the media, so in our face. And I mean, I grew up on novelas and they're all known as like dramatic, you know, loud and, you know, hot, like sexy Latinas. And I'm like, why is that with the narrative? Like, you know, like, why does that have to be a thing? And so I always felt like I had to downplay my looks because I didn't want to be seen as that. And I was like, I can, I can be both, but like, people won't see that. They'll see one side of me and they won't acknowledge the other. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's how I felt a lot of times. I was like, I can be intelligent and I can have looks and I can do it all, but like, don't just categorize me as one thing. But yeah, it has a lot to do with that narrative.
1: Yeah, a lot of a lot of female comics actually say the same thing because there's this narrative like f- w- women aren't funny. <laughs> People say that. Um, yeah. So you'll hear you'll hear comedians like Whitney Cummings. She's not Latina, but she's still a a, a comedian yeah, yeah. a comedian that that's a woman. Um, she said that like she intentionally wore like hoodies and like t-shirts and like baggy jeans so that they wouldn't even like think of her as sexually attractive and like solely think of her as as funny but it's mm. crazy like the extent that women have to go through so that they essentially have to like desexualize themselves for the, for other people to like solely so think about annoying. them like, for it's their so intelligence it's
0: annoying
1: it's, crazy. it's so like, annoying
0: cuz i'm like can we just do all of it like
1: <laughs> like you like, like if you we- you have to wear a blazer for people to be like
0: mm-hmm.
1: not look at your body look at you in your eyes yeah. and listen to what you're saying
0: Yeah. And I'm like, and again, it was, it was one look that made me feel like everyone was looking at me like that, you know, and maybe they weren't, maybe they didn't even care what I was wearing, but like, it just took that one look for me to feel like, Oh my God, I need to hide. You know, I need to like not show these parts and who knows, maybe she was just looking at my outfit or, you know, like it could have been anything, but again, it's a story you tell yourself. And for me, it was oh my God, I'm showing too much. Or like going back to the comment that my boss made in college, right? Like girl, like cover up or, you know, it's like little things like that where it kind of builds and it stays with you. And you're like, I want to not show these parts of me. I want to fit in. I want to, you know, and the other layer of it is you're representing so much more than just yourself. You're representing at least like, I feel like a lot of first gens think this way, but me, I was like, well, I'm representing Latinos, Latinas. I'm representing Hondurans. I'm representing my family, my community, and I don't want us to be seen a certain way or seen in a stereotypical way. I want us to like change the narrative. But again, you can't change the narrative when you're not showing up as yourself at all. When you're trying to be like someone else, it's like no, you're you're playing into the narrative. You're not changing it.
1: As you as you look forward though, on just like continuing to be yourself what's one thing that encourages empowers inspires you to continue being your authentic self
0: mm. there's so much i think the there's two things that come to mind first it's you know going back to my podcast one of the most beautiful things that has happened since its beginning has been the amount of engagement that i've gotten And I don't mean like the listeners or how many downloads I've had, but the people who've been reaching out to me and telling me like their story or saying, thank you for amplifying this story. And so with every episode, it's funny, you said that at the beginning, like, oh, you feel like, you know, me, like, I feel like I do show a lot of parts of me in every episode, you know, in very different ways, intentionally vulnerable, you know, Um, (laughs) but Guy, he um, listened to the episode with Alex about machismo culture, depression, and all of those things, and he reached out and told me his whole story. And I was like, like, just so like thankful, like, thank you for trusting me, someone you've never met before, your story. And he said, I only did it because I feel comfortable with you, just from knowing you in these episodes. And I was like damn. You know, like that comment, comments that I get like that, like even what you said at the beginning, like that inspires me because I'm like, okay, I'm myself for the first time in like a long time. And the first time it's like something that people can access at any point, right? It's like these episodes where I'm being just real. I'm being me in, in every single one. And people are like vibing with it. Like people are like, yes, like I trust you or I thank you or like whatever it is. And I'm like, that motivates me because I'm like, okay, (laughs) I can keep being myself then. Um, The second thing though is I've seen so many shifts in my family. My cousin the other day was like telling her daughter who's this, um, she's, she's 12 years old so she's getting, oh, she's 13. She's 13. Um, she makes it clear. Cause I always, for some reason, call her 12. And she's like, I'm 13. I'm like, I'm sorry. Um, but she, the other day, uh, my cousin was telling her daughter, her 13 year old daughter, she's like, I want you to look at Jasmine and say like that you can do it. Like you can do all the things that she's doing. And I was like, me? And my, my niece was like, I already do look up to her. Like they were talking about me, like while I was there. And I was like, You guys, (laughs) but little things like that, where I'm like, if I can be the representation for my nieces, for my family, like I want, I want me to be like the beginning. Like I want them to go further than me. I want them to be able to do bigger things, you know, that I, you know, that I can do. But like, again, it's creating that representation that I never had growing up because we were all of my family were undocumented, they were all immigrants. They never, you know, had opportunities that I had, like to go to college or to do things like that. So again, it's like creating that representation for, for my for my family, for my community.